Okay, so welcome to our new episode of our MBSE podcast. So this is the first episode of our new series, MBSE Around the World. Uh, Christian and I would like to talk with people from different countries to learn how MBSE is used in their country, what are the challenges and so forth. And today we visit Sweden and our guests are Tom Strandberg and Billin Chen from the training and consulting company Sintel. So please introduce yourself. Okay, well, thank you, Christian. And thank you, Tim, for inviting us and, and welcome to Stockholm. <laughs> this wind, nice winter day, even though it's getting late here today, of course, but uh, we have had some really nice winter weather. And um, so we hope it stays like that. Um, we Swedes like to go skiing and skating on natural uh, grounds. Um, so uh, that's good. It's been like that. But anyway, um, yeah, as I said, um, my name is Tom Strömberg. I'm a consultant, but also a trainer at Sintel, based here in Stockholm. Uh, I guess I started my whole career uh, being groomed by some of the SE systems engineering pioneers, Ben Blanche and Walter Brickin, when I was doing a second master's at Virginia Tech. That's also where I met uh, Dinesh Verma, who's heading the Sustainability Research Center, and David Long, uh, heading Vitech these days, and one of both being in COSA Fellows and then the former president, David, and so on. So it's been difficult to not to stay in this track, put it that way, but I, I really enjoyed it. So over the years, I've been able to work with lots of different um, companies and industries, including actually using systems engineering systems approach to developing uh, sustainable transport solutions in rural areas in Africa and Asia. So it's been uh, both uh, seen a lot of different things. Um, so, and uh, as I said, I've been involved with Incosa uh, since 98 and have the opportunity to meet a lot of fantastic people including our hosts here today, of course, but um, also people like Bad Lawson, who I pay a lot of tribute to these days, who, who passed away, unfortunately, but the architect of 5288, which we mm -hmm. worked on together quite a bit. But uh, so I'm, I'm old in the game, but I'm, I'm fortunate to have uh, one hour younger in the game, Helen. so maybe you take it from here. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Um, so my name is Bill Chen, and I'm very happy to be here on this podcast. So thanks for inviting me, Christian. Um, yeah, so uh, I haven't been in the systems engineering game as long as Tom have, uh, but my background is um, uh, mechanical engineering, actually, for my bachelor's, and then um, systems engineering track in the aerospace engineering masters so it wasn't until that i got into my graduates that i actually came into contact with um, systems engineering that we all know and appreciate um yeah but otherwise my acad academic background with system engineering it's mostly of the um, operational research type where you do spare parts optimization inventory optimization, um, dynamic programming. But yeah, you could say basically that all those are not the typical systems engineering that we do, the more uh, calculation kind. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so it wasn't really when I came into my master's thesis actually that I got into the systems engineering that uh, we all practice and that Sintel practices. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit about me. Now I've been working with systems engineering, MBSC requirements management uh, as a consultant for Centel for approximately two years now. And um, my habitat is mostly in the Nordic regions in Sweden. So not as around the globe as um, some of you here have been. <laughs> Yeah, yeah so maybe, maybe just to to complement that and say that uh, what we bring here is, is we've been uh, as a company around for 25 years now and um, work with lots of different industries in the Nordic region and, and also authorities. So hopefully we and today I think uh, we just passed 60 staff. And so so we can sort of bring hopefully a, a quite a broad uh, perspective to this area. 
Yeah, speaking of industries, I guess uh, not everybody of our audience is familiar what industries are there in Sweden and which ones are using SE or MBSE. So can you give us a little bit of an insight there? Yeah, well, I, I guess, uh, of course, Sweden is, uh, has a proud history of, of being an industrial uh, country. So if I have mentioned names like Volvos and Saab and Ericsson and ABB, Tetra Pak, uh, SKF, um, you know, that those are probably quite familiar to a lot of people. And of course, as you understand, quite heavy industries and a lot of um, mechanical, but they say software engineering. Um, so, so, but uh, also we have quite a busy mining and forestry uh, industry and process industries that may not be that well known outside Sweden. Uh, the last couple of years we have, of course, talked about software, we have um, a lot of uh, companies that have uh, been very successful, like Spotify, Skype. <laughs> Um, you have Klarna, who's a credit company these days. So uh, more and more, of course, and then you have King and, and Minecraft, you know, those kind of <laughs> companies as well. So I, I think we are quite a, uh, shall I say, uh, active nation when it comes to um, both heavy industries, but also then the, the software intensive part of it these days. So, um, and, and talking about who does SE, uh, systems engineering, I, I think as a term, systems engineering may not be that well known, but uh, as, you, as you understand, you don't you don't develop these kind of systems without um, having a you know a systems engineering some kind of systems engineering in place. Um, so um, I think um, it, it's practiced. It may not be practiced according to um, the, uh, the the Incosa way or so so to say. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think we have, you know, that's we've been on on the road now so for almost twenty years in order to to find a common language and to get people around this, and, and we see a, a growing community actually picking picking up the systems in the And maybe I should say that because I think that's interesting. Um, also, the authorities are now, you know, more and more looking at systems engineering. So, oh. so for example, solving the. Um, the transportation solution of, of a city really, mm -hmm. of course, requires systems engineering. The healthcare is also um, bringing in systems engineering these days. Um, I, I did forget medtech as an industry that's been also quite important for Sweden. But mm -hmm. it, it's, we can see a trend now that people are talking about systems uh, approach, systems thinking, and with that, of course, you don't need just to act, you also, uh, sorry, to think this way, you also need to act. So that's where a lot of people are sort of picking up the engineering, systems engineering. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it looks good. <laughs> Put it that way. And it's uh, one of those industries, one of uh, a very dominant industry in Sweden, so uh, system relevant industries like automotive in Germany, for example, or is it, uh, all of them are important? <laughs> yeah, yeah, automotive is, of course, very important in, in this, uh, in this bringing systems engineering uh, forward, yes. So, um, that's Volvo that, in, in Sweden, right? So Saab is... Uh, well, Saab as, as a car manufacturer is, is not around anymore. Well, it's, it is in, in one in one new uh, version, the NEFs, uh, also Chinese, but it becoming electric. But Volvo, of course, is both the um, it's both the um, the, per, the car company, which is mm -hmm. part of of Geely, but uh, you know it's still a, very much a Swedish uh, or a company. All the development is being done here, etc. So uh, then you have the Volvo Group, which is all the um, the, the, the trucks, uh, mm -hmm. the, buses, the uh, construction equipment, uh, so on. So those are, uh, you know, and that it's interesting because I was part of, of um, the group that brought systems engineering into um, sort of the company as as a as a it's again it's been around but but uh, around 20 years ago quite exactly we uh, i supported a group that wanted to bring in systems engineering as a more 
obvious uh, or, or a discipline in the company. So we did mm-hmm. study tour to the States and then visited some, uh, well, I set up, so we visited a number of companies and I think it was at Otis Elevators. Um, they um, mentioned the well, systems engineering, if you want, it would take you about 10 years to implement it. And, and I did meet one of, of our, of the people from Volvo who was part of that journey 10 years later, and he's been struggling with getting systems engineering, requirements engineering in place at, at you know, as a big company, a successful company as Volvo. Mm-hmm. But he said, Tom, yeah, it was just like they said, now after 10 years, we don't need to to answer why anymore <laughs> or what. <laughs> now it's actually how. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so, uh, so I, I mean, but I think it, it, it's a yearning, um, and yeah. I, I think that's why you have a lot of companies that have been very successful in what they've done, and um, it's difficult to change a winning concept. Put it that way. Um, and I think maybe. One of the best ways is a crisis. <laughs> so I think in the early 90s, a lot of companies suffered uh, from the financial crisis and, and did a lot of shifts in, in how they operate. And, and and I think maybe in the similar aspect we have right now with the introduction of um, the new, um, well, software intensive, the AI, the connectivity, mm-hmm. electrification, all that. So it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another opportunity, I think, now to, to uh, re-engineer um, our, our companies. And, and where do they struggle most? Uh, or what is the reason why they say, okay, now we want to learn how systems engineering is, is practiced? Is it more the communication part of systems engineering? Is it more that they need more formal specification? Or is it more the simulation and verification part, which is interesting for the companies? Yeah. I can start up a billion, you can probably uh, fill it in. Uh, but, but let's take an automotive company. I mean, this is not anything new, but I mean, uh, the car is just, it, it's, it's not the system, the whole system anymore. I mean, it's more like it's becoming a system element in the, in the higher system, right? So mm-hmm. oh, the whole thing about automation connectivity now, means that you, uh, of course, you still need to have your models, your engineering models for, for how the, you know, the dynamics of the car and all that. But now you also need to look, how do we connect with the, the external environment? How do you actually look at, you know, and the next step up would be eventually your mobi- mobility as a service where, you, where, the, where the car is just a, a small element in the much bigger transportation system. So, and in order to, understand that and to be able to make changes to that, you need to sort of step up also your, your modeling expertise and capability. So, and I think that's a struggle, of course. And then, mm-hmm. then doing this with all the constraints you have in terms of performance, but also even more importantly, safety and security. So uh, we are involved in, in some of the major, um, well, it is even a, a center of excellence set up um, um, with the Royal Institute of Technology in in Stockholm together with lots of the major companies to look at how can we create trustworthy systems now in this uh, edge-based computing environment, you know, where also you shift out the intelligence towards the edge rather than centrally or in the cloud. It's, that's, 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 as I say, an important and, and the, Oh, I guess oh. we lost Tom. Oh, yes, we lost him. Maybe Billin can yeah, jump but, in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, so continuing on that note, so I think what we've seen is that, as Tom mentioned, that um, the outer environment is a big driving factor because of, say, sustainability. That's uh, an important topic where uh, these traditional companies, for example, have to transform their previous traditional product lines to uh, newer types that fits into what um, what the country needs or what uh, the globe needs as mm-hmm. one aspect, but also that the interconnectivity part where, say, where we see 5G developing. And so you have these um, 
complex machines in themselves, but then that also they need to communicate with each other as well. A bigger type of system of systems, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and on top of that, you have these, um, your market, right? Your customers who are demanding maybe products that are better, that they want to be developed faster. And so all these together makes um, new a new type of complexity that the previous methods are just not sufficient anymore. And so that's why what we've seen that a lot of companies are um, seeing the need for MBSE, so to speak, Mm -hmm. Uh, because they always have these strong departments where, um, for example, engineering, where they're very strong in manufacturing, very strong in design, these silos, but before um, they were very good at what they did, but they never talked to each other. Um, there was never uh, the connective tissue that made anything, everything glued together. And that's also a big part where um, you need this uh, cooperative um, organization in order to meet this um, more complex uh, goal. And yeah. I was happily surprised that you mentioned sustainability as a driver for systems engineering and MBSE. I think if I compare to Germany, of course, it's also a driver here, but I hear it not very often. It's more new technologies like artificial intelligence and, of course, the, the global challenge, et cetera, et cetera. But sustainability is not typically mentioned as a driver to introduce systems engineering and, um, or MBSE. Um, is it an important topic in, in Sweden? Yeah, the I think so because the yes. government, the Swedish government, that has set very clear, um, not guidelines, but like um, goals uh, mm-hmm. to meet. For example, that the carbon dioxide um, uh, emission, for example, should be halved by was by eighty percent to twenty thirty, I believe, for heavy trucks um, mm-hmm. going on the road, and then by twenty forty it would basically be zero. So we have these concrete uh, drivers from the government putting pressure, mm-hmm. but also that um, at least the public, I feel in Sweden are very aware as well that um, sustainability is a big issue. You see uh, clearly, uh, for example, Greta Thunberg, who's mm-hmm. uh, leading idol in that uh, aspect, but not only her, she's like only a reflection, I think, of what, Uh, society as a whole one so that puts pressure as well Mm -hmm. so there is um yeah from from all sides there is um pressure but also incentive not just um the government for example does not only put the responsibility on the companies they also Mm -hmm. give incentives to do more research on the area to give them um leeway for example if if they do uh, well and um, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's actually a business and industrial drive behind this also. I mean, um, Henrik Hendrickson, the CEO of Scania, just issued a book uh, together with the co author that he calls Sustainability Leadership. And he refers mm-hmm. to the Swedish model and have a number of other CEOs to sign up on, on that, you know, let's work on this because it's, it's, it's not only. Not only does it make sense for for the world as a whole, uh, you know, <laughs> our, our sustainability, but it also makes business sense. So, um, and uh, so I think yes, definitely. And I think um, I don't know if I'm stepping outside the the box now in a bit, but I also see this as a great opportunity for systems engineering because there is a lot of focus now on solving the climate crisis or, or you know changing that, and a lot of uh, organizations and good institutions and people are putting do a lot of systems thinking so they have uh, you know their models and all that to look at the problem uh, however I, I feel that there's a, quite a lot we can do in order to also look at the solution because they often they run to a point solution uh, and here I think we can as, as systems engineers can do quite a big um, contribution to look at you know, actually look at the same thing like the 
the solution space and, and use systems engineering with lifecycle approach and all that to see what would be the best solution. And I think it's, it also fits very well to the, the Incosi vision uh, or mission. I think it's part of, I think it's the vision uh, uh, that we use systems engineering to make the world better or something like that. don't okay. remember the precise wording. But this also That's means that the, the model-based systems engineering needs to also maybe shift a little bit. We need to bring in some of the systems thinking modeling. Uh, mm -hmm. We also maybe need to look at uh, like the simulation approaches to look dynamically over time and so on. So, um, but that that, a bit change. that uh, seems to me that you need uh, much more systems engineers in future than you have today. And so my question would be, is MBSE already taught on the universities or is it more a training you get on the job after a engineering study? Yeah, so uh, from my experience, at least, where I studied at KTH in Stockholm, um, it, like systems engineering as a topic was very unfamiliar. Like you didn't really get into contact with it until you came in to your graduates, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and, and even then it wasn't very well uh, defined or clear in which discipline or in which school, so to say, systems engineering belong. So um, for engineering, the big ones are um, at KT, we have um, industrial engineering and management. That's typically the sustainability engineering, mechatronics, um, that type. And then we have a um, school of uh, applied sciences and engineering. And those are the physics, applied physics, uh, mechanics, and mm -hmm. mathematics, that type. And so for me, was what I saw was there were courses related to systems engineering for both those schools, for both institutions. So it felt a bit like systems engineering did not really have a home, a clear home. And also, um, it, what we studied were, as I said in my intro, it was much more of the um, computational or mathematical kind of systems engineering where we tried to optimize the system. Um, where we already have a systems in place and not, for example, maybe where you start from a um, requirement solicitation approach if you start as you from scratch. Uh, that's uh, something quite notable. And the other day, I actually uh, did a Google search to try and find if there were courses uh, regarding requirements engineering at KTH. And I actually mm -hmm. found one. It was uh, one course uh, that were given on a master's or graduate level. Um, and it was very heavily focused on the software development type of projects yeah. for mm -hmm. use cases. And yeah, because traditionally it's, it's used very common there with um, UML being a quite bold language, if you say, compared to SysML. <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, that course has been discontinued. Oh, really? And, uh, so yeah, yeah. So what what you are telling us is uh, very similar to the situation in Germany, and we have some few universities who offer a master's uh, in systems engineering, but mm -hmm. even those, yeah, they don't. I'm I'm wondering why they don't have as a goal to um have your masters in the end and an asap for example mm. so yeah. uh, that that would be something i would expect and mm. yeah there's at least yeah. one university in germany where we would like to talk about speaking but in germany there's one <laughs> university really? that provides the csap yeah well, the, the, the german the, the german certification mm. uh, of systems engineering and and uh, it's not the csap then it's the asap i guess so. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay cool oh great in uh, mm -hmm. um, However, uh, there is a big, I think the challenge is, um, you know, that again, that systems engineering is not recognized as a discipline. It's, uh, and in a sense, you know, you, it is uh, transdisciplinary. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And therefore, it certainly, I think, it fits um, nicely as a course within almost, I mean, 
to all engineering curricula. Uh, of course, um, taking a master's in systems engineering or so, maybe you, you need to have also a depth. Here in Sweden, it's also taught, uh, we t there's a lot of talk about being the T-shaped engineer, mm -hmm. which means that you mm -hmm. have a certain depth in one in one area, but then you have the, the, the width. And I think that's something uh, we certainly need in the future. You know, you need to have uh, more of those that can uh, sort of understand the transdisciplinarity mm -hmm. and still, of course, have, have a, a, a focus. Absolutely. Mm. But MBS is a, yeah, it's a very broad topic. So are there any special focus in, uh, in, in Sweden on, on that topic? For example, like in, in France, it's Arcadia Capella is, uh, is a focus in this area. In, in Sweden, maybe Modelica, because Peter Fritzson is, is there. Uh, or is uh, SysML a focus or another language or methodology or so? Mm. Uh, I think uh, you, you mentioned Mondelica, and, and I think there's a strong modeling uh, community in Sweden, definitely. But it's, mm -hmm. it's more so towards the uh, more close to engineering, you know, the CAD, CAD simulation, um, more towards the design. And um, so when it comes to MBSE, um, well, I don't really know if there's a specific item. I mean, uh, I think we talk about that when it comes to, when we talk about hurdles as well. Um, but in general, there's quite a, a there's a unwillingness or there's a bit of resistance to adopt tools, etc. And I think mm -hmm. SUSML, uh, Definitely, it, it grows, but it, it's not like, you know, I, I think also UML has somewhat uh, for the software people uh, with Agile and all that sort of um, been reduced a little bit in terms of focus, at least. And because, um, I mean, it's even like, you know, um, I guess systems engineering has suffering a little bit from different trends coming in and out you know you would have total quality management once upon a time you would have lean and now it's agile mm -hmm. and, uh, so we don't do requirements uh-huh but we do user stories okay but on user stories <laughs> requirements no 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 requirements are cast in stone you know we, you know, we never do that and that so it's, it's a bit of misunderstanding um and then therefore so i think Maybe SUSML has um, not been picked up as much as it could and should. Mm -hmm. But but again, with this, uh, uh, you know, with the, the need to abstract your models a bit further, I think that this will come um, become more uh, common and um, attractive. And, mm -hmm. and I also think on another point is that um, other tool vendors, for example, MathWorks with MATLAB and then 3D CAD, they have a much better um a much better relationship with the academias like they they give out provisional licenses for students to try basically for their whole student careers for free mm -hmm. that's a, a very strong like um very strong source of uh, future um customers because basically everyone who graduated from engineering school know matlab mm -hmm. and yeah. that's her say becomes the natural tools because um, in a lot of our project we have those development types so for example you have to design a go-kart uh, you have a like loose guidelines of how the go-kart should be but after that um, you don't do a requirement specification of more detail of what the go-kart should do you don't do a um, architectural physical design of what parts should be uh, subsystem should be in the go-kart for example you go straight to either 3d cad or matlab and simulate to start your um, basically your behavioral analysis and uh, mm -hmm. parameter diagrams if you're talking system L. <laughs> you've skipped a whole bunch of uh, steps to to get there and so yeah i think i think um, having tools available for students if we want MBSC to be a, a bigger discipline is, is a big part of it. More, mm -hmm. more easy to, um, to get hands-on with the tool at an earlier stage.
Okay. Hmm. So, uh, Tim, you want to ask something? No. Or, okay. Go, go um, ahead. Yeah. Um, maybe you to our live listeners. If you have a question for Tom or Billen, uh, you can use the live chat and ask some questions. And I guess we would be happy to answer them. And while you are typing, um, I'm wondering, so if I would live in Sweden and uh, I hear this podcast and I, I say to myself, oh, that would be great to, to take part in, to learn something about MBSE. Do you have some kind of local working groups inside the, the Swedish chapter of Inkosi? Yeah, yeah, uh, I guess I can start. Um, Tom has a much better knowledge about the Inkosi participants and such, but um, we actually had a, um, a small gathering of MBSC practitioners from different um, companies uh, started around September 2019, actually, because we, we found that from speaking with uh, people at conferences that um, there was a slight frustration <laughs> uh, regarding MBSC in their organization because they were uh, th there were challenges that they couldn't really vent and um, they couldn't find like common ground like within. So we found a way to bring these people together, so to speak. Uh, mm -hmm. So we, we had a small workshop with um, a lot of people who practiced MBSC or who were interested in MBSC um, from non-competing companies because we wanted to have the opportunity of have open discussions regarding their challenges and together try to um, come up with other solutions or give tips and ideas. Um, and. Yeah, so after that workshop, we actually found that um, a, a lot of the challenges were quite common across the companies, but in different ways. So, for mm -hmm. example, one one challenge for one company could be the strong point of another and vice versa. So they could, in a way, like uh, complement each other. And, and that led um, after that workshop to basically a the founding of a small working group, which now goes under the banner of MBSC Forum. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, so together now with this workshop, we, oh, sorry, with this group, we have we held um, continuous workshops throughout the year, say once in a quarter, where we meet up, we discuss challenges, say regarding a specific topic, and trying to um, brainstorm ideas and such. And and who's the, the organizer behind this working group or this this gathering? Is it uh, Sintel or is it the local chapter of Incosi? Uh, it's Sintel. So Sintel, it's, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Tom and me who are moderating. Yeah. And nice. Yeah. But the the, the, the um, objective is that we uh, well, maybe come to the building to produce a white paper. I mean, and then have this uh, presented hopefully later on this year and, and then start mm -hmm. an open uh, network based on that. Uh, uh, and that, of course, would be quite a good play, uh, uh, occasion to bring in the COSA community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because of some of the organizations who are part of this MBSC group, they have actually a, a long history of um, practicing either SC or um, uh, model-based design and such, so uh, they mm -hmm. come with a lot of good experiences and best practices. And now we're trying to condense it into a uh, a paper, as Tom said. So, yeah. okay. okay, where do you plan to publish it at uh, Cozy Symposium or the Nordic Systems Engineering Tool, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, that's certainly uh, an intent. I mean, it, it would be a little pamphlet or, or you know, digital one, I guess. Um, but uh, hopefully that can spin off in a number of, of papers, yes, for conferences, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Christian, do you plan would like to ask a question? Um, I was just looking in the live chat, but there's still nothing, so we can... Mm -hmm. Go on. Um, regarding the clock, um, you told us that you have one um, topic 
in 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 the term in terms of MBSE, which um, you're working on very hard, and it's about uh, the organizational capabilities you have to have to adopt MBSE. I guess. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it, it was actually when we looked at those um, challenges uh, that companies had in this uh, first workshop of the the MBSE forum where we started looking at grouping those and, and then we said, okay, well, these fit quite nicely into a, a framework. So, and it's, a, it's actually something that we have used at Sintel as, as a conceptual model before as well. So really when you talk about the capability, uh, there are a number of elements you need to have in place. Um, sometimes I guess we all get the call, you know, they're saying that, Okay, systems engineering um, and MBSC sounds cool. Which tool should I buy? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, uh, Classic. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think, okay, well, let's start with this. A, a tool, unless you know, I mean, if we talk about MBSC, I mean, okay, you can maybe do modeling, et cetera, with the tool, but you, you still need to do systems engineering, right? So there's something. <laughs> that goes with understanding the processes behind systems engineering and the support you would have in terms of um, well templates and then normal well, I should say documents but artifacts and so on but uh, so, so okay and that's a good start so we had like a, a part that we call processes and process support but you need Actually, tools will come and go, but what will stay is uh, the information, right? So, so the information part is extremely important to have in place as well. Just the fact that uh, if tools gonna talk or people gonna talk to each other, you need to have a common terminology. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that's the basic. But then also the information models, um, if you're gonna use tools, are extremely important. And then. There's another element to this. You can do all that, but unless you have skilled staff or, or you know, a proper, uh, a good organization and then uh, working uh, culture, then this will probably not fly anyway. And then you can have all of this. You know, you can have good people using good processes, right information, good to good tools but you don't have management buy-in. So you, you create this wonderful models, uh, I've been experienced this myself, um, to solve certain things. And then when, once you solve that, there's no, there's no continuity, there's no management to say, okay, let's now uh, maintain this and you know, evolve it, et cetera. So it sort of dies with that project. Uh, I think that's also quite, uh, so the whole governance part. And um, so, uh, I could of course see if my uh, if my computer is with me. I can and share the the um, just the, the model uh, quickly. It's, uh, for those of that are on the pod, this will not be very very uh, sexy. But uh, <laughs> here's the the model. Uh, hopefully, it's shown now for those yeah. that are interested. So, and, and I, I talked about these uh, elements that sort of bring that pull together the, the IT infrastructure, IT support, the information, the process of support, the organization governance that build up a capability. But that one also, the capability itself needs to be tailored to your needs and your prerequisites in terms of what kind of product services are you working on, um, how are you organized, is it local, distributed, what are the business factors, do you actually do this just for one project, fine, maybe you, you need one level of capability, but if this is going to be your business strategy, you could probably need another capability. Do you have different capability levels, like the CMMI model? Well, the CMMI goes more only, mainly into each of these um, elements below and start, uh, you know, ranking those. And that, mm -hmm. this we could we have not put it on that. I mean, that would probably give you the additional twenty percent. But I think just having this in place will give you a good start to start thinking. Um, um, mm -hmm. We're not there to really. We, we have used it in the very simple ways to go into an organization, say, and look at. Where are your strong and weak points, uh, for example, and then it's become quite useful. But we have not gone to the point where we have level zero to five okay. and, uh, and so on. Actually, in COSA, 
did something similar that, that came out just after this uh, workshops, um, the first workshop, which is this uh, model-based um, capability matrix, I think it's called actually. I uh, think it's capability maturity matrix. So I think they have yeah. the name maturity in the in the name. And that's I, true. Yeah. And, and it's it's not here in your name, um, and so it's not by accident not there. It's uh, intended that it's not a yeah. uh, maturity model. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. But the traditional capability models in, in my, the, the ones I've been using before, like CMMI or CMM, SECMM, they focus very much on the processes and forgot other parts, I think. So mm -hmm. anyway, this was a way for us to organize the challenges. And, uh, and I think it's actually quite a, a useful framework. Mm -hmm. Is it published somewhere? Or is this the first publication? <laughs> it would be actually, yeah. It would be um, we'll be organizing the white paper a little bit around this. So ah, okay, very good. Yeah, cool. So I'll see if I can mm -hmm. go back to the. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there is another cool thing in uh, in Sweden, which I always wanted to take part when I was working at the university here in Germany. It's uh, the Scandinavian Summer School. And uh, can you're the organizer of it. And uh, can you tell us something about this format, what it is and what it yes. does? Well, yes, uh, because it's no something better that. person to tell you about that than time. <laughs> <laughs> how, much, how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, a few minutes. No, no, no. Now I give you the highlights. I mean, it, um, it, Dinesh Worm and I were planning to do another systems, well, to do a systems engineering course. This was back in 99, 98-ish. And then we, I thought, well, now let's do this in a different format so we really can get everybody's attention. So let's put this on an island in the Stockholm Archipelago. I love water, I love sailing. Uh, but also, at that point, everybody gets away from work. Let's put it mm -hmm. in the slot of time of the year when people are between vacation and work. So it's the uh, third week of August. And then we take the best teachers we can find and just go um, like somebody calls it a boot camp. And we go from with social activities. You can keep busy from six o'clock in the morning to 11 p.m. And uh, somebody said, long hours, no time to get bored. Uh, <laughs> and But during that week, we actually get the possibility to take the uh, students. And actually, this is, uh, this is not a summer school for, for students, uh, normal students. This is a summer school for practitioners with a few years experience. So it's really also, the, one of the key things is here is to share experiences and uh, networking, create, a, you know, uh, how do other companies uh, do this? How, what can we learn from each other? Oh, that means it's not too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a very intense week, um, but uh, we, we should now, now we have found a format that uh, is half half the theory, half uh, practice, and then uh, another half um, of social activity. So, yeah, it's <laughs> 150% week. Um, so we have, I think the, we have about 1200 people that have gone through this now. And, that, that well, is, that's, yeah. and it's very good because after that they can connect, you know, and then it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it creates a community by itself. So. And I think it's something that, you know, you have difficulties really to get people's attention when you do just a one or two day, or now, of course, we do online, um, but really having everybody in one place. So mm -hmm. <laughs> we, have now, we now can offer all our courses online, except the summer school. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, uh, and if I remember correctly, you also had a, a winter school, right? Just, uh... We have had the winter school too. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's correct. We have um, we had uh, um, Kevin Forsberg um, as as a key player for that. Uh, mm -hmm. um, but uh, for for different reasons, it was difficult to get people to travel up to the cold but very beautiful uh, part of Sweden in in January. 
So mm -hmm. uh, at the moment we stick to the uh, the summer school, and we have actually. So it started with the systems engineering um, class, and then we added on an archi system architecting class, and then we also have a, a third one, which is the uh, logistics. Oh. oh, we lost him again. It seems so. He's frozen. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> and I think but one thing that Tom didn't mention about summer school was they usually have a um, secret guest speaker who are, is of um, yeah. special noteworth in the systems engineering world. Mm -hmm. And they never reveal it until the, the last day, <laughs> basically. Um, and that's always a um, good experience as well. There was this one year where, if I'm not misremembering, they had Christer Fuglesang, uh, the Swedish astronaut, as wow. uh, a guest. That was very good. Yeah. Cool. That's a really but, cool but, event. But he actually, uh, um, yeah, he was he was presenting, but he was presenting in 2004 before he, he actually were, went to space. <laughs> this time he was there to, well, Everybody was quite see, impressed to see him, but he was there to pre, to present the real presenter that time, which was his chief, his boss at NASA, mm -hmm. uh, Mike Griffin, the uh, ah. NASA administrator. So, so we have had lots of people standing on that island on the Thursday night saying, "This is the weirdest thing I ever done," but uh, for, for, <laughs> for the really students, cool. greatest thing. <laughs> yeah, cool. And, uh, but you are also the organizer of the Nordic System Training Tour, so as I, am I. Um, and I remember you were on the, on the very first tour. Uh, we both were tour speakers in 2013. Sorry. Yeah, no, eight years ago. Wow, long time. Together with Julio from the Spanish chapter. And he exported the, the concept also to, uh, to Spain. So there's a southern systems engineering tour, uh, Spain, Italy, France, and Switzerland, I guess. Mm -hmm. And Aurelius from No Magic, yeah, I remember yeah. that time. So, yeah, can you give a brief description of the tour? Yeah, um, well, actually, it's the brainchild of, of our common friend, Eric Herzog at Saab. Mm -hmm. uh, Saab, by the way, being one mm -hmm. of the leading companies in systems engineering mm -hmm. in Sweden, of course. Um, but uh, the, the, the whole concept is based around bringing the conference to the people rather than bring the people to the conference. Mm -hmm. So the tour means that uh, you start in, in one capital and then this year in September, we hope uh, to do it physically again. Mm -hmm. uh, and we will start, uh, I think, on the 24th of September in Helsinki. Mm -hmm. So, and you would have a set of uh, presenters um, and of which half of them, about four, would be the tour speakers. And then we have normally two, two local speakers. And it's really, the, you know, then we, the tour speakers, goes, they go on to Stockholm. And so, so they can reuse the investment of the presentations, right? Um, so we have one day in Stockholm, 25th, on the 26th is in Oslo, 27th in, in Copenhagen, and then I think we end in 28th in Hamburg, right? Right. Uh, so, and um, again, I, I think it's a very good concept because um, as a, as a spe speaker, you normally invest a lot of, of uh, time in, 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 the, in the presentation and paper. Mm -hmm. well, again, you don't need to submit a paper. There are more presentation. Um, it's okay with the PowerPoint for, for this. Um, but uh, it's good to do that several times and then to have... Um, and both you get, as a presenter, you, you I guess you learn how to present it better. But <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so but, but that, that, that's, that doesn't mean that it will be, you know, you will be best in Hamburg. Maybe you, you, you'll be quite... <laughs> yeah. um, that's why we're uh, at the end. <laughs> no, it, it, I would really it's have to admit it was, was, was really fun uh, being part of the Nordic Systems Engineering Tour two years ago, I guess. Mm. Yeah, you also, you of course, being a tour speaker, you, you 
tie up with the other two speakers quite nicely. So Joan yes. uh, Aurelius uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and Tim and myself and then Eric uh, who mm -hmm. else was in the first one. We we sort of still are very tight. So mm -hmm. yeah. Good concept, okay. and it's been exported, and I think it's, of course, now with the virtual, Encosa uh, has done very well, I think, in terms of both presenting the workshop and the symposium uh, virtually. I'm really proud of how that's been done, but mm -hmm. I, I do hope we can also do this physically, because systems yes. engineering is much about people connecting and then standing at the whiteboard or, you know, <laughs> showing and then the sharing experiences, etc. Right. Yeah, so let's cross the fingers for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so oh, we're running out of time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really interesting. It was a very nice 50 minutes, 50 minutes up to now, yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Tim, do you want to close the session? Yeah, so but thank you very much, Billin and Tom, for your time and to present uh, the systems engineering community of Sweden <laughs> uh, and give us an insight. Um, and yeah, so our next topic is again, it's in German and we will cover formal modeling languages which is getting more and more important. And you will learn what Winnie Pooh has to do with formal modeling language. There's a connection. Mm. Um, and, oh, the date is, I think it's the March the 8th. Exactly, March 8th, uh, 7 p.m. Yes. And, well, and after that, well, we already start a long-term planning, but don't have the dates for the next sessions. But of course, we plan more about from this series, so MBSE around the world, there are more countries in the world than Sweden. <laughs> so it can be a very long series <clears throat> um, and, and other interesting topics. Yeah, and if you enjoyed this episode, uh, feel free to smash the subscribe button here on YouTube, or uh, you can also find us as an audio podcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Yes. You, for, you forgot BBC, right? What? <laughs> BBC. No, BBC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we need so, some more episodes, then we can uh, we can uh, then go they to the BBC. Us. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So Perfect. thank you for for being here. Thank you. Thank you, thank for... you for the opportunity to to come here and share. Now, hopefully, for for our Swedish friends, hopefully we have not uh, forgotten some, most of the important stuff. But <laughs> there's so much to say in this area, and it would be interesting to listen to your other parts and see what how the other countries are presenting this. Uh, but it's always difficult to be guinea pigs, but uh, hopefully we give you a, a, some kind of impression of what's going on in Sweden. And uh, if you want to follow also in Kose.se, you know. Systems engineering comes natural to Sweden because we have the domain name .se. <laughs> so. Right. Yes. Yeah. .se. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So thank you for being here. Thank you for thank you. answering all the questions. And yes, so we are done. But do not forget. Trust us. We are systems engineers. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye-bye.